Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Bake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the revival Dexter, New Blood. This week we're covering episode two titled Storm of Fuck. You were right, you got it last week. That's what it is called. <laughs> I really had to question that one. I'm Written like, in, uh... on the window. It's there. We got it. I, well, and as a side note, I think we we mentioned it for Cold Snap. I like how they do the episode titles. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Cold Snap was uh, kind of written in snow in the road and kind of disappeared and, and like snow would when you drive across it on the snow and Dexter's truck drove through it. And then yeah. this time they had it up on the window in the, like, in the foggy... Um, uh, you know, humid air from the bathroom, uh, and she mm-hmm. wiped it away. Uh, I, I, I like things like that. I like clever little things like that. I think it's you know just fun and yeah, unique. It's, so it's a change from because I still do miss the opening sequence. We didn't get it this week either, so I'm like, I know. I guess I guess it's just not going to huh? be a thing. I was like, I'm sad, but then because it would what because we got the opening sequence and then it would just be like a black screen with like the title of the episode, and yes. so now at least. Yeah, we get like the creative use of the titles in the opening. Mm-hmm. And then there's not the opening sequence, but they've done it in these first two episodes. I'm sure they'll keep doing it. Is it's kind of like this like quick, sporadic, frenzied flash of like scenes, like clips from the episode that are coming up. Yes. It's just like, here's what all you're going to get, but you have no idea what all this means. Okay, go. Like, yeah, like an out of context trailer or something like yeah. that. Like boom, 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 boom. And it's like, oh, wait, what happened? What was that? You know, kind of <laughs> make it interesting. Yeah, I noticed that too. And I thought, is this what's going to be our new, you know, opener? And I think, so. I think I'm okay with it. I'm 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 all right with it. But I, I do I did always love, the, you know, the the theme song and the opening ding, with Dexter. Ding ding, ding, ding. I miss yes, it. <laughs> and you know he's he's flossing his teeth and making his breakfast, squeezing the grapefruit juice and mm. the hot sauce on the eggs. And when he's getting dressed, everything that he does looks like something to do with killing or murder right so i I love that even just the flossing his teeth or pulling the t-shirt over his head looks like somebody getting smothered tying his shoes uh everything just looks great and then of course when he uh walks out of his apartment and he's just got that you know that cute look he kind of looks over and gives you that little smirk like you know hey (laughs) serial killers they're just like us you know (laughs) 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 so i I do love that opener (laughs) They tie their shoes and floss their teeth just like the rest of us. Right. Um, so anyway. Put their pants on yeah. one step. I mean, leg at a time, right? No. Um. Exactly. <laughs> uh. But yeah, um, interesting episode this week. Episode two. What What are your general thoughts? Did you Did you like it? Uh, I did. Lukewarm. I, I really liked yeah. the episode. I'm Good. liking it. There's little things that I had had little complaints even for mm-hmm. the first episode that on like second watch and then like while recording and talking it out, I like kind of was like, eh, I don't really care that much anymore. But yeah. like, I still like, there's like little things where I'm like, find a little cheesy or like, mm, could you really like really the main one this time, even though it's kind of in like a further point, but I'll bring up like, is him like running over the blood spots to try to cover the tracks? And I'm just like, I don't know if that works that way. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah, I agree with you. There were a couple of of little moments like that that I was like, hmm, I don't know if that works for me or not. But yeah, yeah like, I'm okay, not. You I'm bring not the glove dwell. into the system. Like I was like, are, 
and maybe this will happen next episode or something. It's like, okay, so you bring out a bloodhound and you have him sniff the glove, and then oh, there's the body under the fire. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> like how? Yeah, I don't um, know. I I wasn't. Yeah, a couple of things just had me kind of scratching my head, or or some of the you know uh, a little bit of Dexter's inner monologue, which I I think we'll probably talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like hmm. Okay, well that's okay. Um, we're we're still in episode two, and I feel like we're still like setting the stage. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not I'm I'm still kind of like I'm okay. I, we're gonna see where this goes, right? Before yeah. um, making a, a final judgment on if this is gonna be a you know a good revival. I mean the 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 premiere episode. I mean that to me was a really strong opener. That was yeah you know coming out the gate really really great. Uh, so I, I, I'm definitely holding a lot on that, that, that they did that first episode for me anyway, was, was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we're still setting the stage, getting the story moving, getting some context here. Uh, so I have faith still. So we'll yeah. see where it goes. I, and I, I did really enjoy, you know, I mean, I, I talked about last week, what my biggest complaints with that finale were. And so having him decide to try to really build a relationship with Harrison through this episode, I'm like, okay. That helps a lot, and a lot of the things that went on there. I'm like, okay, you're you're answering some of my like questions and, and problems, and that's what right. I was hoping for. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, with that being said, because I know we've got a lot to talk about uh, in this episode, um, the good and maybe a little, maybe not bad, but maybe a few you know negative points as well or um, moments. Uh, let's start off our top five. What's yours? For All tonight? right, um, I kind of call it here uh the passenger versus deb because they're kind of separate things they're separate entities now we have you know because we want to you know deb's kind of like this like dark passenger that's trying to keep but it's i still kind of say what i said last week where deb's more of this i don't know if it's like the lighter side but this it's his conscience where it's like but it's almost become like a negative aspect with deb because him trying to rekindle this thing and like make up for lost time with Harrison, I view it as a good thing. Like, yeah, who Dexter is is definitely something to be worried about, and it's something he has to question, and that's what, you know, Deb in his head is doing. But I feel like it's like too negative, or it's almost like as much as I love having Deb back and having that, like, I kind of hope he finds a way to silence it or is able to, <laughs> you know. Because it's really bad because like every time he's like making these like really good steps, he's got Deb in his face just being like, you're going to fuck him up. You're going to ruin it all. Now this, this is never going to work. And it's like, just give him a chance. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. I, I was thinking about Deb, too. She She's one of my points, too. So just and in general, my thoughts anyway, about how she's kind of portraying this this version of Dexter's conscience um, in the place of Harry, their father. Um, she's definitely a lot more animated version yeah. than uh, than how we knew James. Is it James Remar? Remar? Yeah. I, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but I, I, I love him. I, I love a lot of things that he's been in, so I, I really love him. And, of course, in the series. Um, and definitely no disrespect towards him because he was awesome. And yeah. he was solid, solid Definitely. performance. And I'm a longtime fan, like I said. But, you know, Dexter's priorities have changed, you know, as we know him right now. And his, you know, this inner voice that Deb serves to be is now foul-mouthed, full of rage, 
Mm-hmm. She's ripping at Dexter every chance that she gets. And like you said, he's he's repeatedly trying to ignore her. And I think most likely until recently, he's had little reason to ignore her, right? Yeah. I mean, he hasn't I mean, he's just been I like dormant in my opinion for the last 10 years, right? He hasn't killed mm-hmm. in 10 years. Uh, so what reason would he have tried to maybe silence Deb? I think yeah. he, he he enjoyed having her there as a, as a comfort, knowing that she, you know, just maybe pretending that she was still alive, I guess, in a way. And, yeah. um, but I mean, I think now I wonder if he will be successful in trying to tune her out. Uh, I know because yeah. of that. But then, does he really want to? Does he really want to? I don't know. Because it is part of but... his conscience, consciousness, and his conscience. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because I get what she's she's doing, like the the light side, I guess, light in a way. Uh, finger air quotes for people who <laughs> yeah. aren't on video. Um, is yeah, her being just like you know, I know you want to do right by him, but you're gonna keep you know, you're gonna end up hurting him, or mm-hmm. you're going to screw him up because now that you've killed again you're going to keep going. But then I feel like it's almost like stirring it, like egging him on. Like, see, you liked it, didn't you? So you're going to keep doing it. It's like, well, maybe don't, you know, bring that up because maybe give him a little bit more benefit of the doubt. Cause if you keep telling him how much he loves it, then, then yeah, he does, which again, but it's all part of Dexter. It's Dexter doing this to himself in his own head. So it's not like I'm blaming Deb for telling him that. Cause he's telling himself that, but right. But it's that Absolutely. part of his brain that, you know, well, maybe if you stop reminding yourself constantly, how much, you love getting away with this, then maybe <laughs> exactly. your other plan of keeping the dark passenger at bay and letting this be a one-off thing and, and letting, you know, Harrison, it is kind of selfish. I mean, Deb calls it, you know, selfishness mm-hmm. and it kind of is, is him going, well, Harrison might be the anchor that really is able to help me, you know, gives me a reason more to than like stay straight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's, if, if it's selfish, that's, a good selfish reason. <laughs> it is. It is. And I'm I'm certainly conflicted with that. I I feel you know, I see both sides that, you know, Dexter is definitely doing his best to suppress that side of himself, that mm-hmm. Deb Deb's voice there. Uh and and saying, you know, you're you're gonna Yeah, I, I love where she's yelling at him in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> and, she's like you're a fucking serial killer you are going to fail him a thousand different ways you know like and and i'm paraphrasing i don't have that exact uh, quote but that's essentially what she says and i'm like you know she's not wrong you know and 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 we have seen as she keeps pointing out over and over again that you telling dexter you have hurt everyone in your life whether you meant to or not everyone in your life was either hurt or killed either by you or because of you yeah and you know that of course that was a big reason why he left um harrison when he was when he now again we we could question all day long the choice of hannah which i know we'll talk about her too mm-hmm. but um you know why he essentially decided to leave him was because he thought you know well, one, he needed to get away, right? He needed to get away. He needed to go into hiding, fake his own death, things like that. It's it's hard to lay low and hide uh, with with a child. I yeah. mean, not that you can't, but it's more di- not that I know anything about it. But you know, I can imagine. Hannah had a lot to do harder. it too. Yeah, she was also she, on the run. Um. She was on the run, but she went to a whole new country. Yeah, and I, I haven't looked up the the laws, but I'm curious if they have like an extradition. You know, like, you know, extraditing, um, you know, fugitives and things, uh, 
I haven't looked up Buenos Aires, so I'm 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 yeah. not sure. I'm, but, I'm sure you know, that's she, probably the case because I'm sure they figured probably. it out pretty soon. They're like, okay, well, Dexter Morgan's gone, but Hannah McKay is now in, you know, possession. <laughs> it's a weird word to use. Um, <laughs> but the the word I was trying to try to come up with uh, is not like, coming to my brain for some reason. Custody, uh, custody. Of yeah, that's yeah, kind of more of a, like a better word version. when talking about a child. Guardian, but, uh, guardianship. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> Hannah has him, and they're yeah, this like probably this extradition thing, and they're like ah, just let it lie then whatever like right the kids taken care of mostly sort of? and had never killed yeah. kids as far as we know so i think i guess he's okay yeah yeah <laughs> interesting interesting parentage poor harrison uh you know lost losing rita who was so pure and you know just a, a really great parent but then to be left with dexter the serial killer and also hannah who's also a serial killer um but yeah so i mean i think that it, it makes you understand as as difficult is a decision that probably was and we know how much you know you don't question Dexter's love for Harrison you know watching just having rewatched the series and seeing you know after Harrison was born and you know as he's a baby and the way that he just loves Harrison and I know there was a scene in season four I can remember the exact episode is one of the later uh, episodes in in season four where he's you know holding Harrison close and he's telling him you know I'll never let anyone hurt you not even mm-hmm. me and yeah. I'm like, see, you know, that's just, again, you know, so I see that. I see that the decision that he made and why it makes sense. Harrison doesn't understand it, of course. Um, but Which also, I do way, see that side. He, he does hurt him by doing that. I mean, emotionally. He does. He does. <laughs> he certainly does. He gets back at him. But but then I also see Dexter's side like, you know what? I'm not that same person. Well, not that. I don't know if I totally agree with that. Just FYI. But, right. you know, he his argument is I'm not. Dexter Morgan anymore. That's not me anymore. I'm I'm not that same person. I'm I'm Jim Lindsay. I can I can do this, you know. Mm-hmm. And he would also be good for him if he thinks that he can help suppress his need and want, you know, to kill. So I don't know. I'm really torn. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think Deb does a great job as like his inner voice to kind of counter counter everything that he's saying, kind of question everything that he he thinks. Yeah. And yeah, just like you said, the more animated and and vocal, and it's great, you know, her like clawing at his face and shoving the bullet in his mouth. And I mean, she's very much way more in his face about a lot of things, but then even the other stuff, I do kind of like her, like laughing at him. They say the killers always return to the scene of their crime, but this is ridiculous. (laughs) Um, You know, really, you think Windexing a rock is going to fix all your problems? (laughs) Like just giving him so much shit and... I do enjoy it, but also I could see like I enjoy it because it's funny. But for Dexter, like looking at it from like his perspective, putting myself kind of in the show in the shoes, I'm like, it's obnoxious. Like you know, he's just like, I've got to shut her up. <laughs> well, and again, going back to the scene with them in the truck, and he he's like banging on a steering wheel, shut up, shut up, shut up, mm-hmm. and he's yelling, and that teenage girl's looking at him like, dude, are you all right? Uh, but I, I thought, I don't know, yeah, when she, that's when exactly she looked at him, feels. it was more just kind of like this weird, like he was just like. Because I think whenever he's interacting with Deb in those ways, that's all in his head too. That's that's true. That's like, true. He just kind of goes into this weird like zone, like trance. Like he's not like yelling or acting weird. Like, but because you kind of see him like kind of snap out of it and look up at her, and she's like, "Okay." Like, but it does. But it does seem kind of awkward. Yeah. Like you know, like he kind of snaps out of it. Like oh. You know, okay. <laughs> How long have like, I been like, like zoned he just, into my own head for a minute? Exactly. Yeah. Like he's just spaced out. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. 
I do like Deb though. It's good good having her back. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I I I Deb was one of my points too. So I'll just flop my numbers around a little bit um, and just have that as my number five too. So what's your number four? All right. Um, I want to talk about what they call like hotel girl is kind of what I'm calling her. It's oh, but yeah. I'm not sure exactly what the situation is because it's like it looks like a hotel room, but she's trapped and locked in there that door is not a door like that Mm -hmm. works and so where and so there's so many questions because it is the girl from last week that was in the bar hamburger girl yeah angela (laughs) hamburger girl i like it (laughs) um so yeah she is important uh setting up so it's like she's set up in a hotel room she's got like champagne and chocolate covered strawberries or what it looked like and all this you know dancing with herself to Black Tambourine by Beck, having a good old time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, then this kind of creepy thing where you realize like she's being watched in this situation by this camera in the corner. And uh, then she finds out she's locked into this. So I'm like, there's so many questions. Like, how did she get there? What What did she initially think was going on when she first got there? Like, what's the scenario? Is she supposed to be meeting someone or is she there on her own? Like, there's still so many questions. Like, how did we get in this situation? And and we didn't see the last we saw of her was there at the bar after um she had been she had given her some money and put the food on her tab. I'm just kind of thinking out loud and going back in my memory. And then yeah. she said, hey, uh, and I forget her name, but pointed it to one of the other people in the town. She's like, hey, she runs a shelter. You know, if you don't get on your bus on time or if you need a place, a warm place to stay. Uh, and then that's the last that we see of her. Now, when we saw her there in the beginning um, in the mirror, she didn't seem to be in distress. Like, she, yeah, it looks like it she had just like gotten out of the shower. to be there. Yeah, like she intended, like maybe she is just at a motel and she's hanging out for the night. Uh, so she didn't look look distressed or anything like that. Like she just got out of the shower. She's, you know, wiping her face. And and then, but what was weird was when she turned around and then she saw that uh, bucket of champagne and chocolate covered strawberries. Like she, she kind of looked at like, where did that come from? Right. And she kind of looks around her room like, was someone in there? Is the door open? Something like that. Uh, and then just proceeds to enjoy it, which I'm like, I don't know. Is that really a good decision in today's world to be drinking something that you didn't order yourself or that someone has provided you or that's been left by someone you don't even know? Right. Um, I mean, come on, let's, you know, let's wake up here uh, in the in the times that we're living in to eat or drink something like that. But she does. And I feel like that is what, you know, she got really sick. Um, yeah. I, I think whatever was in that made her sick. Do you, are you under that? Yeah. Assumption. I feel like, I mean, it seemed like only one bottle of champagne. It, she, she's not a very big thing. So I don't know. One <laughs> bottle of champagne might be able to knock her uh, down, but, but yeah, it seems like she was pretty. I think it was laced it with her. something. I think, I so think too. either the champagne or the strawberries might've been laced with something that made her sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's what I, that's what was impressed upon me. I don't know if that's true or not, but I just feel like it was to put her in a vulnerable position. Um, and and yeah. maybe I don't fully understand that, but I do think it was uh, that she was drugged in some way and made sick. That's what it seems uh, like. And then, yeah, the freaking camera. I mean, oh, it's just like. The camera, um, and then when she sees the camera and climbs up there and the whole you're oh already God. dead. Oh, my God. Fucking creepy. That but, was you know, we, freaking creepy. We know about this like missing women 
situation that's been going on in the county or yeah. there or whatever. So I feel like this is probably tying into that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's still so many questions as far as like, why was she there? Who is she? How did she get into this situation? Not like as a victim blaming thing, but like, because it seemed like she meant to be there and she was supposed to be leaving. And there's just a lot of questions I want to know, like, okay, what's, what, what is X and Y that leads to Z? You know, I, and I'm interested to, to know that story. Like yeah. what's going on here? Who, who is that stalker that's yeah, watching her? Watching who's... her. I mean, it sure looks like the eye of Clancy Brown to me. Uh, looks like a Clancy eye. I was going to say a brown eye, but that's a totally different thing. And we did not see that. <laughs> thank God. No, um, uh, <laughs> <never> <laughs> um, no, but, but, Cla- but I mean, that's when I first see it. I'm like Clancy Brown. You know, I saw that too. And I was like, oh man. And I've got thoughts about that. Uh, definitely mm. in, in one of my notes, we're going to talk about that. Or at least I know it's in, in mine. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about it. But and for those who don't yeah. know, which I don't know why you should know who Clancy Brown is people. Come, Come on. He's on. Awesome. But he's the guy who was playing. Kurt Caldwell, Matt's father, that shows up at the end yes. of the episode. You see him at the very end. Yeah, I adore Clancy Brown. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I, well, one, love his voice. He's got a very well-known voice, right? I know he's voiced, yeah. uh, not not even like all the TV and movies that he's, he's been Mr. in. He's Mr. Krabs but Spongebob. <laughs> yes, he is Mr. Krabs of Spongebob. <laughs> but then he's also voiced a lot of characters in video games as well. Yeah. He he does that on the on the regular as well. Uh, so he's 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 very you know he's got such a, a deep resume for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, big big fan. Love that guy. He's I think great. he's great. So um, I I think it's him just because I don't know, I've seen him in so many things that like just only seeing like his eye and eyebrow I was like still looks like him like it's still pretty recognizable. But it also could be I'm looking at the face of the guy who's like the big oil tycoon guy that Angel was talking oh, to. Yeah, and I'm wondering, uh, like, Olsen. Yeah. yeah, it's like it could be him too. I mean, because he was also kind of creepy, like asking about Audrey while talking with Angela a lot, and talking about, oh, that was that your daughter? Well, then she thinks this way, and he's kind of very like, mm-hmm. uh, and that could be a red herring. He just situation gives off the to make you vibe. think, yeah, yeah. He just gives off the creepy vibes too. So yeah, you know, because he's yeah asking about Audrey and kind of building that up, and then covering it with you know. But, but here's all the awesome and charitable shit that I do. So, you know, how good of a person am I? Which always mm-hmm. usually kind of comes with some stuff underneath. But then Clancy Brown's character does that same thing. You know, my family provides with this and this and this. So it's got to be one of those two. And I feel like it's they're going to lead us to think one way and then twist it on the other. Or I don't know. We'll see. But that's where I'm at on that. Yeah. Well, I am interested just to learn more, at least about this story. And yes, who's holding her captive? Who's the one watching her? That was creepy as fuck. You know, that whole you're already dead mm-hmm. uh, under the camera. I mean, I that's like one of, one of my, well, I have a lot of fears. So <laughs> we'll just, this is just one of them. But uh, not specifically, I mean, hotels for sure. You know, in, in, if you ever stay in like one of the cheaper motels, but anytime I go to like an Airbnb, I'm always like doing the whole scanning for cameras. You know, I'm just like, you know, being caught on camera without your permission, mm-hmm. people recording you being trapped in a situation that you can't get out of. I mean, you know, I, I understand these things don't happen every single day. And, you know, there are rare stories of that, but there are stories of that. So I'm yeah. always kind of just a little slightly, you know, on, on the lookout for things like that when I stay at places just, you know, and I'm always looking for like a, a, a getaway, like where's my nearest exit? How do I get out of here in a situation? Things like that. Same if I ever 
uh, you take Ubers and Lyfts, you know, making sure like the child lock isn't on when you're in the back seat, and you know, mm-hmm. things things like that, so that I can't yeah. be snatched away. Not that anyone would want to snatch me away for any reason. <laughs> <laughs> but just, not like you know. Oh well, we want that girl. Nobody's <laughs> looking at me saying that. Um, but still, I'm just always trying to be cognizant of those things. So it's just like definitely, definitely triggers one of my fears when I see that. And and that whole, I thought that was really unique. That door that you mentioned, you know that. that just wasn't even like a door anymore that just triggered all all kinds of you know warnings for me and i'm freaking out just watching it so i i think a great introduction to this little like i think for now it's almost like a side story but i bet it's getting ready to be a part of like the main story i feel like we're gonna start merging things and that's why whenever i was talking about uh when we jumped into our top five about uh, kind of still setting the stage, right? We're still just mm-hmm. kind of setting up the chess pieces here and things are just starting to slowly move now. So um, I have a feeling we're definitely going to find out more and I think it's going to be a little twisty. I mean, what was so great about the original is there were some great twists, you know? Yeah. So I'm hoping they, they are able to keep up with that, that same, like you weren't, you didn't see that coming kind of twist um, that that we've come to know from the original series. Good point. Good point. I can't wait to see. God, I gotta wait a few more days for it to freaking come out before we can find out. We can't do the I whole. Know. I'm gonna go watch after we record thing. Tonight. It's not like Lock <laughs> and wait. Key. Like we recorded Lock and Key yesterday, and then immediately I went and watched episode five. I know. And so I like have this in my mind where I'm like, oh, I can watch the next one. Nope. No. Nope. Gotta wait till Sunday or Monday. We Damn it. <laughs> still got a few more days ahead of us. Yeah. I'm just. Yeah. Sucks. Um, okay. I like that. Good point. Um, well, my number four, I, I want to just kind of uh, kind of geek out a little bit about how good it is to see Dexter back in action, covering his tracks and mm-hmm. supplying the narrative that suits him. Yeah. I mean, this is something that we saw over and over again, time and time again in the old series uh, or the original. I'm not sure how we're referring to that. Um, and and while I think it's it's cool to see some of what we knew – or and know about the old show with Dexter, um, you know, and now we also have like some new things that are happening and kind of a new story. Uh, blending the old and new isn't a bad thing, I think, as long as it's done right. Uh, I I do worry, like I, I was mentioning in earlier, was in this episode uh, we're kind of staying in one spot right here, mm-hmm. and. And and primarily, I mean, like when the cops decide to use Dexter's land as their home base while they're searching for uh, that um, entitled prick, I'll call him (laughs) Matt Caldwell. Um, So, of course, this, you know, leaves Dexter no choice but to do like what he would normally do back in the day was plant some evidence that, you know, shows Matt running away, you know, but he's also having to clean up all this blood that he's left behind, which again, man, is he out of practice. Um, So, (laughs) so he's, you know, having to clean up all this blood. He's running all over, um, all over the place, trying to cover his tracks. Um, And I mean, of course, to be fair, you know, he, he made a mess and left a mess, but he didn't know the cops were going to show up. Right. To (laughs) Right. Luckily, yeah, he, he got the, like, spots by the house covered right before they showed up. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, man, this is the Bay Harbor Butcher, man. You know, mm-hmm. it's he's he was a little sloppy. So it's like, I don't know. I know he's out of practice, but uh, I'm like, come on. Um, so 
I don't know. It, it, I didn't mind it so much, but you know, I'm, I'm hoping to maybe see a little less of of that as, as the story picks up and as we continue. Um, Not that it wasn't bad or anything, because like I said, I do love everything that he does, like to cover his tracks and lead people in the wrong direction, and, um, and then to see it by the end of the episode, how everything that he did and how successful he was. Here comes Clancy Brown, Kurt Caldwell, <laughs> to just completely uh, right. undo everything that he just did. <laughs> so. Yeah. He's coming in with his, yeah, like, well, everything I've done for you, you can, you know, return the favor. But he does bring up some good points. He's like, you know, mm-hmm. basically, Matt wouldn't have left and fled without calling daddy for help. And I 100% believe that, by that the tracks. way. Yeah. I was like, yeah, no, uh, he definitely would have done that because he's already been throwing don't you know who my dad is stuff around the whole first episode so obviously he would have done that exactly him saying that and then also uh oh what's his name from the first episode the one that just did a whole full-blown confessional to dexter when he went and delivered the gun to matt and he tells him all about how you know i was the one driving the boat i or he was the one driving the boat i took the fall for him uh you know was it you know he's rethinking was it worth the two thousand dollars a week that he gets plus the rolex um, and I guess still gets like after all these years, like Matt's dad was still giving him 2000 a week to like yeah. stay quiet and, you know, to keep keep up that narrative uh, to protect Matt. Uh, so we know, yeah, that there's clearly history that when he's in trouble, he goes to his dad and his dad cleans his messes up for him. So I I agree, you know, with that statement. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Dexter's kicking himself with all this being like. <laughs> I'm having now he's like in the middle of all of this is like because I let the passenger win like one time and now there's an entire search party and police camp in my front yard. Damn it. <laughs> like <laughs> I know. I know that the, you're just like, oh, Dexter, look at the situations you get yourself into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You scamp. Um. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh. Anyway, that was um, my number four. So what is your number three? All right. Um, I actually, I'm going to do a little swapping around too. Uh, okay. Because uh, I had that as a further point was kind of covering tracks. And so, you know, see if there's anything else that, you know, I have on that and we'll keep on that. Uh, again, I did mention Dexter running over the blood spots with the, the ATV and being like, eh. I don't know if it works that way, but um, okay, okay, it seemed to <laughs> seem to work. And then we, you know, they're pulling through, and you know, he's having this whole conversation with Harrison. Harrison's like, "Why'd you move out here? You hate good weather." But he's like, it's, um, <laughs> you know, but he tells I'm him it's, the exact same thing. It's quiet and it's you know real, just like easy. And he goes, and there's no crime, which is hmm. funny, just because he killed this guy. Uh, but then like follows it up with like, oh, this could be a crime scene when they see the deer. It's funny. But also I was like, no crime. What about the whole numerous missing women thing that we were just introduced to in the first episode also? I was going to say, that yeah, there's a whole storyline of the indigenous um, women. Yeah, that are, you know, sounds like a lot uh, of missing women. So Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. But Dexter, he does. He's the, always the quick thinker. And he does put some stuff together really quick. Yeah, he drives out there. But then he uses that same path a couple of times, so maybe that does work a little better because he sends, he brings Harrison with him just so he can send Harrison back to go get Angela in the ATV and then bring them all back the same path. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that's all, you know, so that might take care of the blood at that point. I don't know. Um, but he's using that back, but sending Harrison off so then he has time alone 
to cover his tracks and make sure, you know, yep. we've got to figure out where this blood trail's coming from. Let me plant some evidence. Let me do like, he's got all this stuff planned, which is really cool. So, you know, Matt hitting his uh, head on that rock when he went down, which I thought I noticed something in the first episode. I don't think I mentioned it, but because there's that moment even whenever he's got him on the kill table and he like lifts his head and then goes, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm out of practice. I'm sorry about the mess. And it looked like he had like blood on his fingers from lifting his head. Okay. And and so I was like, oh, did something happen in the back of his head? And I was like, yeah, apparently it did. Sure did. Um, And then when he was dragging him back to the house, that's where that blood trail came from. But, uh. Yeah, but <laughs> you're dropping the glove by the road. Smart. Um, <laughs> just like Fred Jr., you magnificent outdoorsman. Um, <laughs> oh, well, and just side note, I'm like, was that really the right thing to do? I mean, I, I guess giving him like DNA, like I mentioned, like, okay, give them something for bloodhounds to sniff. Great idea. Yeah. Um, but like, here comes Fred. With, I, look what I found. Look what I found. I, I, I don't know. Is it, wouldn't you just want to stand there and let someone else find it and be like, this is where I found it. So they can kind of, I don't know. It just feels like anytime, like with crime scenes, which they don't know yet that it's a really a crime scene yet. Mm-hmm. I don't guess. But it's like you're not supposed to touch things or move things. You leave oh, it where yeah. it lies. You take oh, pictures. Oh, what Fred did. Yeah, Fred's yeah, not a cop. He doesn't he comes know. <laughs> running with the glove. Look what I found. And I'm like, dude, you don't. T- I don't know. Maybe it's fine because they're just. He's mm-hmm. not. They don't think anything has happened to him necessarily. I mean, I guess there's yeah. potential, but he's missing. Mm-hmm. You know, whether or not he skipped town or whether or not he's out in the woods freezing to death somewhere. But I'm just like, I don't know. I'm, yeah, you're right. Yeah. He's he's not a cop, but I was just like, <laughs> man, don't touch things. Right. Don't works move for them. Dexter. Helps with him. Uh, but yeah, it helped Dexter for sure. But yeah, but him setting that over there by the highway because that's he's building this story. He's like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a cover story, but it's mostly true, except for the part that really matters. But I mean, he did kill the. But deer. the whole thing is like, well, Matt killed this buck on Seneca land, and it's like well, he absolutely did. That's one hundred percent true. But then he says, oh, he probably realized then what he did. And then he ran to avoid prosecution. Mm, no, Matt's probably too fucking stupid for that. But uh, yeah. mm-hmm. one, he would have gone to his dad like we were talking about. But then two, I, I don't think he would have even known what he did. Like Matt's not the kind of guy to be like, oh, this is Seneca land and I killed a white buck and I can't. He doesn't. He would not. You be saw how he was reacting it. after he shot that deer. He's like, oh, yeah, I got it. Like, he's, yeah, he has no respect or care yeah. for anything that isn't like completely centered around him. Right. So yeah, he he had zero thought for that that creature, that beautiful beautiful creature that he shot and killed, or even where he killed it. Right. Uh, because he's above all of that. I mean, if 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 even if it hadn't been the the buck, even just if you're not supposed to be hunting on those grounds because it it belongs to, you know, those people, um, the Seneca people, then. Mm-hmm. Um, he and if if he just got slapped with the fine, his dad would just pay it, or he'd get yeah, out of it, or something. What his dad says so is like, why would he? Why would care? he leave? He's not. He he wouldn't be worried about a poaching, right? You know, charge. Why would he care? You know, it's yeah. I thought it was interesting that Dexter didn't dump the body in the lake, but it's buried under the fire pit. Uh, yeah, that was a last minute choice. change. Yeah, because I I I thought, did I make it up in my head that that's what he was going to do? Yeah, I mean, he said that because he was just like, you know, he goes, "It's it's no my it's no you know Miami Bay." Yeah, that's but so, it's got a hole, and, um, and he didn't. <laughs> so I'm like, well, but he didn't do that. And I don't know if it's maybe because 
I don't know if it if it thaws in this like spring summer, would he be worried about something coming back up? For I mean, because it's a lake, it's not like the ocean where there's a current and it, it yeah. can carry or drift things and you know and, and then um, later after the whole Bay Harbor Butcher uh, thing where he decided to find a new dumping ground in the ocean where it was it was um, in the Gulf Stream so it you know whenever he dumped it it would just get carried along with the Gulf Stream and not like sit in like one one place that's not going to happen in a lake right so no. is there potential for you know a, something to come back up you know maybe, a floater yeah. um, the only other and maybe that's why he buried it I don't know I was confused yeah. by that the only other thing I could think of is maybe he made that last minute decision also to go and get Harrison before he got on the bus and it was like a time constraint so he was like I'll come back and worry about the body later let me bury it here and then I'll dump it later, but let me go make sure I go get something. I don't know. It is not a good idea to have that body on his property. No. At it's all. not going to go well. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only, the last note I have on just all this little, this stuff is just a little one about uh, when when the, the kids come back from the camp. Uh, I was laughing pretty hard at Dexter's little nod. It's just one of those little things like if you catch it, you catch it. But whenever uh, Angela's telling Andre she's grounded because they were out there or whatever, it's like, you know, you're supposed to be out there looking for, for Caldwell. And she goes, who cares? Matt Caldwell's an asshole. And then Dexter has this like little like like nod that he just kind of like, yep. That he, yeah. <laughs> and it cracked me up. He so certainly much. is. <laughs> I, I just, I love, I, he just cracks me up. I get it. He's, yeah. he's a serial killer. There's no redeeming him and, and all the bad things that he's done, but I can't help that side of me that just like loves watching him work and mm-hmm. his dark humor just makes me laugh. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I love those uh, little details. Yeah, the dark humor, like the when Teddy crashes the drone, he's like, "I may get away with this after all." Uh, <laughs> <gasps> oh, and the look on his face that matched it, because he was kind of like, "Hmm, you know." All right, <laughs> I, all right, I might get away with this after all. He just kind of gives I'm himself like a little self self satisfied yeah. little pat on the back, like, "Oh, yeah, I get mm-hmm. away with that." Love it. <laughs> Good point. Yep. Well, so my number three, I'm going to talk about Harrison. Right. Uh, so not surprised to see Harrison not cutting Dexter any slack at right. all. Uh, Dexter abandoned him and he's not giving him a very good reason why, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he's being extremely vague about, you know, well, what happened to Dexter Morgan? Uh, why, why, what's with all this Jim Lindsay stuff? you know uh why did you have to leave leave me with hannah why did i have to grow up without a father um so yeah you can't blame him for his attitude towards towards dexter and why he's not just like ready to forgive him at this point and you know but and then i i wonder if harrison will learn dexter's secret because of that you know he keeps he he says well i'll tell you everything and i'm like no dexter you're not no, gonna you're tell not. him everything <laughs> uh we've heard that before right? right how you know with rita deb and so many other people in his life you know I, I promise i'll tell you tell you what's going on or i'll be honest with you or open or something and you know they might get a half truth in there that's where dexter that's what makes him such a good liar is you know a part of being a good liar is to have an element of truth to the lie that you're telling yeah you know just like when he does say, oh, well, he must, you know, Matt Caldwell must have killed this deer. You know, well, that is true. He did 
do that. So he mm-hmm. just kind of built on that. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm real curious, like, will Harrison learn that during the season at all? Um, or will he, you know, keep a secret? Um, and I, I like this interaction with Dexter and Harrison. Uh, Dexter's such an awkward father. Yeah. Uh, it's, But it's endearing. I like it. And, you know, when you watch earlier seasons, like with Aster and Cody, and then when Harrison was born, you know, it, you know, it, it took him some time. He was awkward then, but then he became a little bit more natural. You could see how, you know, he kind of grew to be at least what he thought of like a family man. Like, hey, I can do this. You know, I can be a husband. I can be a father. You know, all these things. But now he's out of practice. You know, he's been on his own. He hasn't had to be a father. And Harrison is completely just unforgiving uh, for all of this. And you totally get that he's resentful of Dexter. But I do question, why is he trying to cause Dexter more trouble? Mm-hmm. Like, he he outs he outs Dexter, as, you know, he's like, hey, I'm I'm his son, knowing that no one knows that Jim Lindsay has a kid. And yet right. he he totally throws that out there on um, Dexter's social circle, you know, with Angela and the cops yeah. and the kids and everyone else. And it's like, you know, and then when Dexter's like, you know, oh, well, there's another mess I have to clean up, you know, whenever yeah. he says that. Angela's I don't know what else you like, can say, though. It's like. I don't know. What's another good, like, last minute cover story for why Jim Lindsay just randomly has some teenager in his cabin now? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know the solution to that, but he certainly wasn't trying to help him. And he didn't look too sad about or regretful by saying, um, and he didn't, like, look at Dexter at all, like, you know, hey, you're going to help me out here and allow Dexter maybe to allow him to explain who Harrison was. Uh, because, mm-hmm. I mean, we really don't think, or at least initially, didn't think Harrison is, is going to be around for very long, at least. He's just finding out, like, he's just there to find out, what well, is he dead or not? Uh, yeah. And then, you know, thinking he might leave. Now, it doesn't look that way. It looks like he's going to be sticking around. But I'm just like, you know, I get you're pissed, and you have every right to be. Uh, you know, it, it, it sounds really shitty, what he went through. You know, uh we learned that Hannah died um, three years earlier of, of cancer, uh, plot cancer, I guess is what we <laughs> like to call it. Uh, and then he's been on his own, shifted around to crappy foster um, homes, and then found out that there, Dexter sent a letter to Hannah. Right. <laughs> Dude, what are you doing? So through that letter, tracks him down. And then through social media, tracks him down there in Iron Lake. Yep. Of course, um, it's so Fred I, Jr.'s Instagram account that he finds it on. Yes. Yeah, makes yes. sense. Absolutely. So I, I get that he like he is totally entitled to those feelings. Um, but man, why is he trying to like, I don't know. I just, it just feels like he's he's trying to cause him extra trouble. I don't know. Just the vibe that I'm getting. And then, like like I said, learning Hannah died, I, 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 I question... Did Harrison kill Hannah? Did she really die of cancer? Maybe, um, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I'm 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 really enjoying learning about Harrison. I, I think he's a lot like his father. I think he's very very intelligent, like Dexter is. I mean, Dexter's a genius, um, and I think that Harrison definitely displays some of that. Like when he was in the cabin with the kids, and the way that he kicked what was like yeah. a cabinet or something when he kicked the cabinet to let the know or let the kids know that he was coming back. Such a Dexter thing to do. 
Absolutely. Uh, he's, I, he's I made a, the block. I made a note of that because we see through that. He kind of has that ability like Dexter does. I said mm-hmm. he's able to put a mask on like yep. his dad does because he notices them going through his stuff and joking. And you can see it clearly like bothers him and upsets him. He's like, oh, my God. Like, I thought, you know, I was kind of hoping they wouldn't go the like typical route of, oh, the jock kids are being pricks and kind of making fun of the weird new kid behind his back. But here we are. Um, mm-hmm. But he sees that and like, so he's like, oh, great. Like, maybe this isn't what I thought it could have been. Like, oh, these kids are assholes. But he does that. He's able to put that face on like, oh, but I don't, I'm not going to act like I even notice anything. And that kick that thing, let them know he's coming and then walks in with the fire. Like, hey guys, I'm back. Like, he's good. He's able to put that on. And that's cool. I agree. (laughs) I agree. Dexter would, would talk so often in the previous seasons about how he would always have to wear his mask, right? For Mm -hmm. everyone that he, that he knew, um, and be, you know, a different person. And it, I I I feel like I'm picking up on that a little bit too because I feel like Harrison acts kind of outgoing, but yet doesn't. Like with mm-hmm. Dexter, he doesn't. He he seems very much. I don't know. I feel like like Dexter. Uh, with the kids, he seems just a little bit more outgoing and a little just a little bit different. Like he is wearing a mask. So I don't know. I I do feel he's a lot like him. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking forward to learning more about him. Um, and then you mentioned they were going through his backpack. Um, yeah. His sketchbook. I'm Pictures in a sketchbook. I Very interested in that, if that's going to be important. <laughs> I feel like it is. And I mean, I don't yeah. think, I, I don't think it, what I saw when they were kind of skimming through and you could see some of the pictures, I, I don't think that it was, but I could swear one of the pictures when they were scanning through there almost looked like Trinity. Really? That would... I, that would be interesting. I, I don't <laughs> think. I mean, I, I'm. I. I don't. I'm not like dying on that hill by any means. But it right. just was like, oh, that almost looked like Trinity. But is it probably not? I mean, Harrison mm-hmm. was a baby, and I don't yeah. know. But I'm just interested to know who the people were in his sketchbook. I th- and I'm like you. I think it might be important. Um, yeah. And he can pick a lock and get around just like his dad. He, he, yeah, he gets into the cabin. He's got some skills. He's got some and skills. Some secrets. Uh, not sure what kind and stuff exactly, but there's something there. Uh, something to him. He even says, well, when they, they offer him that joint, and he's like, no. He's like, oh, what are you, straight edge or something? And he just goes like, oh, I had a history with drugs, but I got clean a couple years ago. I was like, Dude, you're like, fif- you're like you 15. Like, so you're like, like 15 years old? What? And, <laughs> and you had a history with drugs, but you got clean a couple years ago? I was like, so what has this kid been through? Like, oh, my like God. Are you Barrymore doing like, <laughs> like pot when you're nine or what? You know? Man, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like, whoa, what, wait. But I wonder when you, you brought that line up, and I'm glad that you did. I wonder if it really has to do with like substance abuse or if it has more to do with Hannah. Hannah, mm-hmm. you know, used, uh, you know, poisoned people. Yeah. And I wonder if it means more like that than it does like, you know, actual like recreational type drug use or something. I don't know. Maybe. I'm just, yeah. I don't know. It was like such a throwaway line. Right. I was just like, wait, <laughs> what? You're Hang on. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then one last point that I wanted to make Harrison to me, looks like Zach Hamilton from season eight. Do you remember him? Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't if even think about that. If you can picture him, you might yeah. t- take a moment um, mm-hmm. and picture get a get a visual, um, which Zach Hamilton, and I didn't know this. 
I'm so embarrassed uh, to not know this. Um, Zach Hamilton was played by Sam Underwood, who was Jake Otto in season three of Fear the Walking Dead. Ah. And the reason that stands out to me anyway, because not only was season three of Fear the Walking Dead, mm-hmm. probably, at least in my opinion, one of the better the best, seasons yeah. of Fear, but I got to meet Sam and Underwood years ago at mm-hmm. um, a Walker Stalker that we did in Atlanta. And I was in a play with him and a bunch of other folks. Like, um, I Melissa remember Hutchinson that. Was I wasn't there. there, but I remember you guys talking about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I played Andrea, and he was, he was um, Rick Grimes. Yep. And I got to be in a play with him and meet him, and he is like, I'll just say it was an <laughs> awesome experience. I won't go too much, but a little bit of a yeah. brag moment there that I was like, oh my God. Anyway, I don't know, just to me, Harrison looked like Zach Hamilton, because um, I was like, why does he look familiar? I mean, he- I don't think I ever would have made that connection at all until you said it, and I'm like, yeah, no, because I can picture him, because again, just like rewatching a lot of stuff, getting ready for this season, so I've got all of the previous stuff in my head, so you say that name, and I'm like, yeah, I know exactly who that is. I can- picture him i'm like i never would have thought it but now that you say it yeah 100 well i mean what do i think there's a connection there mm, i don't know i i don't know um because i do think harrison is who he should who who he is he's really harrison uh dexter's son i don't think he's in, in, like an imposter and really someone else but it just it's uncanny the likeness between them two mm-hmm. um so anyway i don't know uh, Harrison is an interesting character and a mystery, and I I hope we get more about him. Yeah. So, anyway, what is your number two? Uh, my number two, I want to talk about Angela a little bit here. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> mainly kind of the, the butting heads and the conversations between Angela and Dexter throughout this episode. But a couple other little things, but... Um, <clears throat> First, we would see her as they set up their camp there. And Angela's going inside for some Earl Grey tea. And I mentioned on our Bake Off coverage, that is my favorite. I say, you love your Earl Grey tea. I love my Earl Grey so much. I literally, while while taking my notes and stuff earlier today, re-watching this episode, and that got to that part. And I paused it to make that note. And then I went, and now I'm going to go get me some Earl Grey tea before I continue watching any more of this episode. And I did. So it was great. I had my Earl Grey for the rest of this episode. It was great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yep. It's all it takes is she just has to say it. And I'm like, yes, that sounds good. I'll do that. Um, <laughs> sounds lovely. I, I like English breakfast myself, uh-huh. but uh, I can appreciate a nicer old gray. Anyway. It's delicious. But uh, yeah, and then that's when, when she's headed up to the house. That's when she meets Harrison. And she's pretty put off at first at the fact that Jim has a son that he never mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then Harrison rolls with the story, like with true facts. Again, it's those like using truth to build the cover where he's just like, yeah, that's, um, but I, you know, my mom died and then I was staying with like my stepmom, but now that she's dead, I'm here with Jim. And like, it's all true. Yep, It's sure just is. leaving out some of the other stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, well, and by the way, my dad pretended he was dead for 10 years or faked his right. own death or, you know, <laughs> abandoned me or, you know, he, I mean, he said that he lived with his, his stepmom, but didn't, you know, go into all the detail, but yeah. <laughs> didn't say like, yeah. And then he faked his death and then sent me on a plane to Argentina with my stepmom <laughs> to assume he's dead forever. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's not that. Uh but I do like that little like after Angela leaves, then that you know, thanks for covering for thanks for covering for me. Didn't do it for you, just didn't want to cop all up in my business. 
And then the inner voice, you know, huh? Like father, like son. <laughs> Love it so much. Yeah. Because, yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, and then Dexter going back out to talk with Angela about, you know, he's the covering the tracks thing. He's like, we got to take care of this blood trail. So he comes up, well, me and Harrison, you know, we, we can go back there because I can use my, my ATV because it can deal with the RTV, like rough terrain vehicle, I think probably. Yep. It's like, we, we, we can get back there and, you know, the RTV will get us back there and covers it. But then the way that she goes, fine, okay, fine. You and your son can take it. And then the inner voice goes, ouch. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Ouch. Uh, mm-hmm. That was barbed. Got some explaining uh, to do. She was, yeah. she was pissed at first um, <clears throat> that, that she, that he never told her, but then it was weird. Cause then she changes her mind by the time they have their, their conversation that which comes with another great quote. <laughs> we need to talk words. You never want to hear from your doctor or your girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, by the time they have that conversation, she's kind of come around where she was like, I get it. We all have secrets and maybe it's a it's a thing in your past that is hard for you and tragic. So you didn't want to talk to me about it. She handled she's just, it very well. Yeah. She, I mean, she's clearly and she lets him know like she's hurt that she didn't feel that he didn't feel comfortable or safe sharing it with her. Yeah. I think that's kind of how she was viewing it. But she's like, but but as she said on it a little bit, she gets it. And she's like, but now that that's here this is a point for us to to decide we're going to be more open and we're going to talk about these things, which then leads to her very open disdain for a parent abandoning their child, which I was like, awkward. Yeah. Um, Oops. <laughs> Cause like, well, what, what happened to Audrey's? Yeah, Cause we find out you know, she uh, had adopted Audrey. Mm-hmm. So, well, did you look for the, the birth mother? And she's like, you know, I spent all this time looking for missing women, but uh, a woman who would abandon her own baby, fuck her. <laughs> it's like, oh, ouch. Um. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't bode well for if, if she ever knew what Dexter, well, if she knew anything about the real Dexter, yeah, it yeah. would be good. It's good, but I like a, a random quote, a line that whenever the bullets do match up with what mm-hmm. he sold Matt to what they find in the deer, and she goes, the plot thins. I was like, I like that. I've never really <laughs> heard somebody say that, but I like it. Oh, yeah, um, I haven't either. I like it. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, that's really what I want to talk about was just how she seemed so angry at first, and there's some great stuff in there, but then mm-hmm. she turned around pretty quickly and I think had a good understanding, which then I'm like, oh, that's sweet, because like Dexter, Jim... And Angela have a really nice relationship because he was so ready for it. And this is the part where she tells me that I'm too closed off and this is never going to work. And then she's like, I understand you. And he's like, oh, my God, what? Um, Wait, what? He's so he's so used to resistance and yeah. he's so used to having to defend himself and lie and put his mask on um, that that's just, yeah, I think that was his default. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sweet. But then it's also like, oh, it's just digging this hole that if if the real him comes out, it's just going to be harder the way it's going to impact her. So you're like, Oh no, I'm not ready for this car crash. That's inevitable. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know how all this is going to end up at all, right. but yeah. I'm excited to be on the journey for sure. Yeah. And then the last thing about her is Iris. Yeah. I want to know Ooh. what this is. I'm curious about that story. Uh, it's like a friend or relative or something of Angela's that went missing and or died. Really curious about because uh, I had to kind of look in the IMDb and stuff. His name is Abraham, I think, the the Seneca um, guy that brings her up to Angela when they're out there. Because mm-hmm. he goes, oh, yeah, well, the whole town is out here for Caldwell. But then, you know, one of our own girls goes missing and, you know, runaways always come back. They, you should know better than anyone. 
and he kind of puts her in this position of like choosing between her Seneca blood and like the policewoman for that town, like chief of police. Like it's gotta be hard for her, but he kind of does, but it's like, you're going to have to pick a side. It's like, Oh, I know. I don't know I, if I like storylines like that so much, but I'm like, but I get it. I'm sure. I mean, I, I say I get it. I don't. Cause I mean, I'm not native indigenous or whatever. I mean, but I've, I've seen a lot of like media and culture and stuff from them and like in TV or in yeah. things. And I, I, I understand that there is kind of this, <laughs> um, you know, in but not of mentality when it comes to absolutely other communities, and so absolutely, it'll well, be interesting to see. And then Audrey brings up Iris also herself when she's freaking, out, you know, when she's grounding her or whatever from being out there. It's like, you know, it's dangerous out here, and I didn't know where you were. And it's like, Mom, how many times I've tell you I'm not Iris? I'm like, well, I want to know who is Iris because I'm very curious about this backstory i have questions too about that and and i was thinking about that with angela too i feel really bad for the position that she's in i i i feel like she sought out the position that she's in so she could make a change i feel like she's a good person and i feel like she probably could because she is an indigenous woman herself that she could be in a position to make a change or to make a difference in her community for her people, whether or not Mm -hmm. she's been really successful with that. I don't know. We haven't, you know, seen a lot of that right now at this point. We don't know that she hasn't tried or anything like that, but I feel like it does put her in a really bad position. I mean, she, she has to look out for the entire community. Um, But I, I, I'm willing to bet that she probably sought that position to try and help make a difference. Um, you know, for her people. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, I I like her. I'm interested in her, and I I like you know seeing that interaction with with her and Dexter and how she kind of throws him off balance a little bit. Like you said, he was kind of expecting yeah. one certain type of reaction, which is what he was kind of used to, but she gives him a, a completely different reaction. So I like it that yeah. she can kind of throw him off a little bit, and he doesn't quite know what to expect from her. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm sitting here thinking, and I think we talked about it in the last episode, like, did Dexter really think it was a good idea to date a cop? Um, maybe the dating scene in Iron Lake is kind of thin. I don't know. Right. Uh, but it just looks like he's inviting investigation. In the same way, it's like he can't stay away from killing. He can't stay away from crime scenes and justice. Mm-hmm. It's like he just can't help himself. It's kind of like when she said, oh, hey, not bad for your for your first crime scene. And he's like, oh, yeah. You know, and I'm just laughing, thinking, you know, not only is Dexter an old pro at, <laughs> you know, working a crime scene, but Cre- creating creating yeah. a crime scene <laughs> as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that... Uh, Last week, we also had some listeners that pointed out, which I feel like I'm just now seeing, um, are the similarities between Deb and Angela being, you know, the, in, in oh, looks. When they're they're both, sitting talking to each other on that couch. I was like, she, God, like I, a quick glance. If I was like squinting, I would think it maybe it was Deb. <laughs> exactly. And I think maybe that's what, what kind of did it for me a little bit. Because I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I think she kind of does favor Deb. They're both, um, you know, kind of long, slim you know, women, uh, they're both brunettes, they're both cops. Differences, mm-hmm. of course, Angela is very calm uh, mm-hmm. and centered. Deb was not. 
Yeah, it was kind of the, the um, joke with the title of this episode. I was like, oh, did Deb write the title of this one? I know, um, that's such a Deb-like <laughs> thing to say. Um, that would be something I would expect from her. So it was kind of interesting to see that that's the title and then to hear that come out of Dexter's mouth. Um, so, yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm interested as you. I have the same questions and, and would love to hear a little bit more of the story about Angela and, um, you know, her family or, you know, the situation that she's found herself in. So... Mm-hmm. Great number two. Uh, that was actually my number two as well, was Angela. So I just, cool. I added um, my notes yeah. to that point. What's your number one? All right. Number one, uh, you covered some of it, but I just have, this one where I have the most, but it's just Dexter and Harrison. Okay. And their conversations and dynamic together this episode. Going from the very like beginning of the episode with the f- the opening line, the first words Dexter says out loud to his son, "You got big," <laughs> <laughs> happens. I'm um, like, nice one, Dex. Right, nice such- one. That's that's where you're gonna start. Um, <laughs> it's it's the whole Dexter awkwardness uh, that I love so much. He was just always so awkward, and especially like yeah. being a father, he's so awkward at it. it- yeah, it was, up. I called it, yeah, it's, it's a very awkward, sorry, abandoned you tier, 10 years ago without any explanation. Are you comfortable and would you like something to eat conversation? It's, um, like, yes. <laughs> yes. which Harrison, by the way, you don't have to be five to eat blueberry pancakes. They're good at all ages. I promise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're fine. Don't knock the blueberry pancakes, dude. Right. Not just for toddlers. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you mentioned this a little bit about Harrison is he's very thick skinned and we learn, I mean, he had to be, mm-hmm. so he has no problem serving it right to, to Dexter. Uh, you know that, well, I understand this must be hard. He goes, this? No. Growing up without a dad, that was hard. Oof. Finding that note that you left for me when I thought you were dead, that was brutal. <laughs> like, he man. does not cut. No, he is coming in for the punches. Harrison is. Right. Yeah. He's hitting them left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has a couple of those those little moments because you know when they are th- with the goats, which Vincent Van Goat is now the best character in this show. Deal Isn't with it, it though? Um, <laughs> if you name your goat anything else, right? It's a crime. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that whole just like, well, I understand it. It's hard meeting new people, so if you just want to go inside the cabin, and you know, high school was hard for me too. And he just goes, "Yeah, I survived the last ten years without you, Jim. I think I can go two more hours." It's like, damn, <laughs> like. <laughs> Touche. Uh, yeah. Another <laughs> hook. Yeah. <clears throat> right. But but I think Dexter's kind of happy seeing some of these differences that he's, you know, that's his perception of it. Mm-hmm. But he even says, oh, you're really good with animals. And, you know, when he goes and talks to the other kids, it's like he has decent social skills. Like he's like, well, maybe. And, that's way, and then he goes and gets in the truck and Deb's just like, oh, maybe he's not a socially awkward as fuck serial killer like you. Maybe that's, you know. Yeah. It's like he's a nice blend of Dexter and Rita both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, then I just love, I say love, I mean, it it, it, it hit pretty hard. Uh, their conversation at the end, finally, where he sets the cot up for him and he says, I didn't come here for all of this. I came here for answers. He was like, well, don't we'll ask me anything. And then that gets right to the point. That first one, why did you leave us? And so he's trying to explain stuff. He's like, well, it, what's in the note? And he reads this note where it's, you know, kind of like what we were talking about last week, where my biggest issue is with Dexter abandoning him and kind of what you had said. And then even what Dexter's saying about, you know, he feels that Harrison would be better off without him. 
Because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, without using any damning specifics, he's admitting that he has a darkness to him that he doesn't want to have around Harrison. And he's trying to to give him that. Uh, but it, some of those lines from Harrison just hit me in the heart. Oh, especially my God. The way he goes, what was so wrong with me that you not only left, oh. but faked your own death to, death to hide from me? I was like, Thanks. Ah, Didn't that just ah, break your heart? I know. Like, now that he's questioning, you know, is there something wrong with me? Did you yeah. know that something was wrong with him that made Dexter want to abandon him? That broke my damn heart. I know. And and then Dexter trying to explain, it's like, no, I was. It was me that I was scared of. It was the darkness in me, not you. It had nothing to do with you. You were always perfect. And then Harrison coming back at him with that. Stop acting like you're such an evil person. I don't remember much, but all of my memories of you are good. The worst thing you ever did was. And then I love that little like inner voice. Uh oh. Uh. But then when he hits it with us, leave me. I was like, oh, my God, Harrison. I know. Shot to uh. the heart, man. Mm-hmm. So he, but then he actually is like, well, can I make it up to you now? And he decides that he'll stay. I was like, Harrison will stay. I was like, that's good. That That's good? Yeah, good? good? Question mark. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will see. To be determined. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, but just, yeah, their conversations got real heavy and real deep pretty fast and i'm interested to see if how much further dexter takes that if he opens up to him more i mean you gotta have to find that line he's like i want to be honest and i want to be there for him but also i'm trying not to screw him up so maybe admitting to him that oh yeah i'm a serial killer and had to fake my death because i was going away forever getting the chair if they found me isn't the most untraumatizing uh openness to give him so no no. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's gonna have to dance around that one, like he like yeah. he always always did, you know, in the past when he's trying mm-hmm. to be open enough with it with it sounding truthful without also exposing who he really is. Yeah, he's got to figure something out because I mean, what Deb in his consciousness tells him is like he's a smart kid. He's like, he's smart like you. He's <laughs> smart enough to understand that it's not normal. Like, there's something that happened for you to fake your death, change your name. And go somewhere else on the other side of the country. Like, yeah. there's a reason, and he's he knows that, and he's you got to give him something. Yeah, and I don't think Dexter's ever had to think that he would have to think of something. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he had anything like prepared, like thinking that this day would ever come, right? That that Harrison yeah. would ever one know to look for him, or even assume that he would be alive to look for him. Um. So. Yeah, I don't think he's ever had to think about what he would say one day. So I think he's trying to come up with something on the fly. Or I I'm guessing he'll probably come up with something on the fly or try to anyway, because I, I don't I don't see Harrison sticking around for long if if Dexter just keeps him hawing around about it, you know, like given you know, yeah. being very vague or not giving at least somewhat satisfying answers. Um sounds like Harrison just has like no tolerance for the bullshit, I guess. So yeah. I don't know. See what he says, what he comes up with. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Um, my number one, we've talked a little bit about him already, but I want to talk a little bit more about him, and that's Kurt Caldwell, right? Played by the wonderful Clancy Brown. It was so great that we finally got to see him here in episode two. I knew, I knew he was going to, I didn't know who he was playing exactly because I've been trying to not read too, yeah. too much uh, when they were introducing. Um, 
uh, the series and that it was coming and stuff. But, you know, I did see at least cast announcements, like when they said yeah. Deb was coming back and things like that. I saw Clancy Brown was added and I thought, oh, hell, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm so, so in because he's so great. Um, but, he, you know, he's playing Kurt Caldwell, who we just finally met. Um, we learned a little bit about him uh, from what Matt tells us uh, in the first episode when he is on the kill table. Um, but we know that he's very influential. He's a big mm-hmm. part of the community. He helps the community. But Matt flat out tells Dexter, like, you don't want to fuck with my dad. Yeah. Right? Like, so he seems like he, he – and when we meet him, he seems very – I mean, of course, he's very upset, right? His son is missing. And his son might be a piece of shit, but it's his son, right? And yeah. he's going to do mm-hmm. what he can to try to find him and, and get him back to safety. Um, and, of course, I'm sure it's also a matter of pride, right? Because it's – you know, he's a certain member of the community. Of course, he's got to do these things and, you know, find his son. And he admits that he's – hey, he's a fuck-up. He, he, he's – you know, I, I get that he's not very well respected, but he's still my son. And I help out this community a lot. I don't ask a lot. I give a lot. I'm asking you guys to help me find my son. So he doesn't seem, at least in this moment, very bad. Like, oh, well, he seems like, okay. I mean, he, I I didn't have any weird vibes, essentially, in this point. But I feel like we're being um, led to believe that he's he's pretty bad. So we were talking earlier about who's this stalker, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with, with the girls. Um, or with this girl anyway, locked in some type of myst- wherever she is, in- she's in this mysterious room. Um, yeah. So there's an argument to be made here, and I don't know. I can't make a decision, and I don't know that I have enough information yet. But there's an argument here for both sides, uh, whether or not he could be like the new serial killer in in this uh-huh. um, season. So he was absent during episode one, like we didn't we didn't see him at all. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't see him at all in episode two until the very end, after we see the girl in the mysterious room and everything that was happening to her. This could all just be coincidental, of course, um, but what could also support him being uh, a serial killer, this new serial kill- killer? Because there's what one every season, right? When we go through Dexter, <laughs> there was always a new just serial killer. Um, so um so one side of that is you know matt talks about his father who was absent a lot during his life from in quotes work which Mm -hmm. could be a cover for when he's watching his victims um i mean staying longer at work was an excuse for dexter right that's what he said to rita all the time uh that's what he said to deb all the time when he was actually out killing so it's not entirely unlikely um so, and then, of course, Dexter may not pick up these vibes from him because, hey, killer knows killer, right? He he always kind of, you know, recognized the same thing in other people that was inside of him. But he didn't suspect Arthur Miller either, um, yeah. the, the Trinity killer. He didn't suspect him at all because he was outgoing. He was a part of the community. He had a family. Uh, so he completely, you know... He didn't recognize him at all either. Um, so, you know, he was outgoing, but yet had a darkness underneath the surface. And Clancy Brown is an actor. I mean, 
you think of Clancy Brown, I mean, he's just someone who just screams Dexter Big Bad, right? Mm-hmm. But I do also think that he could be a red herring or could just be a simple thorn in Dexter's side um, to distract yeah. us from the real trouble. But I don't know. Matt did say that, you know, Kurt will kill Dexter, you know, with his final mm-hmm. breath if he if if he finds out that he's the one that, that hurt his son or whatever. Um, so what was his quote? He will rain pain down upon you. Like he, <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes. So I don't know. And of course, like I said, based on Clancy Brown's resume, it runs so deep that this would be a fantastic kind of you know role for him if that's the the way that they decided to go. But I'm I'm interested to see how it plays now that he's entered the scene. So I don't know. I can't land just yet. I'm kind of on the fence. I see an argument for both ways. Um, I thought I really leaned one way, but I'm like, well, I don't know. I can see that other side too. But um, yeah. either way, I'm digging him being on the screen because he's always fun to watch. For sure. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he's a uh, kind of big baddie he's supposed to be. Um, what are your notes? I really don't have that many okay. left. We kind of covered most of them. I think just the tiny little things, just about the search and the police stuff. I have like a couple little notes that are just funny observations. Uh, the drone I kind of mentioned earlier. Uh, yes. I guess that's something that Dexter really never had to worry about before. I was like crazy how technology changes in just 10 years. I loved where that. I was like, like that really wasn't like, I guess back then, like, yeah, drones really weren't like an accessible thing like we have today, especially not the ones that we have today. And then the one that Teddy was operating, it was even had like a VR headset with it and everything. It was like, yeah, yeah this is uh, not something that was in the original series for sure. It was cracking uh, me up. I think we talked a little bit about it or else it was in my head and I'm thinking that we talked about it, but I was really talking to myself about it. That's a good um, <laughs> possibility. But yeah, I was thinking of that too. These are new threats De- Dexter didn't have to consider back in the day, right? Social media. Yeah. Drones. You know, 10, 10 years ago or so, when he left the scene and stopped killing, he didn't have all of that now. Whereas you look at how much modern technology comes into play when trying to solve missing person uh, crimes. You know, people start tracking social media, um, looking for ring cameras. Like everybody's got a ring camera. There's cameras yeah. all over, uh, you know, when you're in a city somewhere, you know, from like ATMs. And I, they probably had that 10 years ago. But, you know, it just seems like there's more and more cameras popping up everywhere that or in, in stores, you know, check check the cameras, check the cameras, Did you know, to catch a glimpse of, of where someone maybe was last seen. So, it, yeah, it's really funny to think of how the technology um, has changed. And Dexter's kind of like, get a little look on his face when Harrison's like, you know, talking about how he popped up on Instagram because he bowled. 300 and Dexter's kind of like, yeah. like, I hadn't thought about that, you know, that, <laughs> that I might right. pop up on social media or something I'm like Dexter, <laughs> you're not doing a good job of lying low, dude. You're, you're bowling. Um, you know, you're a big part of this community. Everyone knows you. Everyone knows your name. Now I know it's a small town and all, but not doing such a great job of laying low, I think, or someone who doesn't want to be found. Right. So anyway, but yeah. So that was really the notes is just like Teddy because it's like well luckily Teddy really sucks at operating the drone so, so that didn't funny. last long. He comes uh, running through police coming through with the police. I, yeah, I have a note on that. An officer coming through and I was like Teddy, you don't have to yell. They're right there. Just <laughs> and then what, uh, when Fred comes back with the glove and he's just like I told you the guy like ran off and he's like 
how long have you been a police officer anyway? He's like, what do you say, two weeks? Yeah, like two, two it's and like, a half oh. weeks. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh Teddy. <laughs> I know. Even when Harrison's just like, weren't you a cop? He's like, mom said you were, or, you know, Hannah said you were a cop. And I'm sure you were better than any of these guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this dude, he's he's a newbie for sure. Uh, but Angela, I think Angela's really smart. I mean, yeah. I, I'm like, dang, she's smarter than most of the Miami Metro folks from back in the day that couldn't pick I don't up know on that's saying a lot <laughs> yeah i don't know but i i think she's really smart so she seems mm-hmm. to you know know her police procedure down and she's really smart about you know how to handle things so but yeah he's he's um some good comic relief yep and then just other last random note is a police light bar in an atv looks a little funny to me i'm not used to that <laughs> whenever they roll back up when they're dragging the deer back up to the house and then uh, they are following him in the ATV and it's got the little flashing little red and blue in the front of it. And I was like, huh, that's unique. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's funny. Um, any other notes? That's it. That's all I had. Okay. I think we talked through, I'm just looking through mine. I think we talked through most of them just as we were talking in conversation, but I did make one observation I have no idea if it was intentional or not, but I I saw it and it it looked familiar to me. And that was when Dexter was looking at the calendar, and you know how he had like the red marks on all the days of the calendar, and he's looking yeah. at all those months and how he runs his fingers over the marks on the calendar is very reminiscent of when he used to run his fingers down his blood slides. Oh yeah, and it gave me goosebumps. Um, Nice. I, I don't know, something about that whenever every time he would go and check on his blood slides, like, oh, someone ransacked his apartment, you know, and he would go running to the air conditioner and pop it off and grab his his little case that held all the blood slides, open it up, and he just run his fingers down it like it was a, a, mm-hmm. a soothing kind of thing or a comfort. Um, that's what that reminded me of. I was like, oh, that's how he used to run his fingers yeah, in the blood nice. slides. Um, why I... Uh, like romanticize that I don't know I don't know what it says about me I like serial killers um, and yeah I think that's all my notes we talked about Ed- Edward Olson I don't know don't know much about that guy he gives me creepy vibes but like you mentioned might be a red herring too Yeah. so we'll see excellent well I, I think we could probably you know watch it again and probably have another full uh, page of notes to, to, to talk about there's so much that happened but uh, I'm ready for the next episode Mm-hmm. All right. Well, our listeners had some thoughts um, about this Yay. one. So I'll take this first one that we got from uh, Simon Wooster. He says, thoroughly enjoying the season so far. I hadn't seen any Dexter until two months ago when I began binge watching the first eight seasons. It's so difficult to have to wait a week in between episodes with the new season. Ditto <laughs> that, man. Um, right. I didn't expect Mac- Matt's body to be under the fire pit. I was wondering why they kept bringing up the fire, but that explains it. Anyone think it's weird that the fire pit seems to be burning 24-7? Um, well, yes and no. In my area, that's fairly common-ish. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, yes. It did seem like every time you turn around, that fire was going yeah. So, Because <laughs> it depends on what part of the world you live in. Yeah. Thanks, Especially Simon. Especially being used as like a base camp, then you got to keep it going. But Yeah. 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 Thanks, Simon. Yeah, I'm... Awesome that you went through all of the show to, to get to here. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's, it's a lot of great stuff in there. Hell yeah. 
All right, this one comes from Don Elizabeth, who says, I really enjoyed listening to your first podcast. I'm not watching the shows. We don't get that channel, but wanted to see if I got the gist from you. And I did. I look forward to number two. I just love listening to you two. Aw, thanks. That's... Well, hopefully, if you're not watching it, hopefully we do enough justice to make it worth... But if you can find a way to watch it, go watch it, because I would recommend that maybe when it's over... Uh, when the when the final episode airs, or maybe when it's getting ready to air, if you have the time, I think they still do like a free trial, Showtime, mm-hmm. or if you can find it through some other avenue. Uh, but uh, I think they typically do still have those, so you could always try to binge the entire season if you have the time to you know to do that in the seven days and binge the entire. Um, after that, I used to do that sometimes. Yeah, you know, back in the day, and be like, "Well, I don't want to like pay for it, but I'll do like the seven day free trial, binge the show that I wanna, like." I would plan it out, like <laughs> I know that I don't have much to do that week or that weekend, and spend my time binging it, and then be like, "Nope, sorry, I don't want to, I don't want to subscribe." But thanks for the seven mm-hmm. free days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, maybe maybe that's something you can do. Um, but thank you, Don. Really appreciate your support. Uh, Jason Erdman says, another excellent episode. So nice to hear Dexter's inner monologue again. Only now we're uh, we're treated to some pretty messed up Deb visuals, too. For example, Deb tapping on the stained glass window, followed by the quick edit chokehold on Dexter. Yikes. Glad to see Harrison seems pretty well adjusted for all he's been through. And what's up with that poor girl stranded in the motel hell? The plot thickens. Mm, Yeah, I don't know. Not a good situation for her. That was great. Thank you, everyone, for your feedback. Uh, We got some great voice messages as well. Um, First one that we have is from our good friend, Anwen. Uh, Really look forward to seeing what she has to say. So let's get to it. Hi, Rima and Pike. I am so happy that Dexter is back and I'm so happy you guys are covering it. This is awesome. Such a cool thing to look forward to every week. I'm really enjoying the show so far. I really like the pace. I was a bit worried after the um, nightmare of an ending um, of the show that I loved for so many seasons and it hasn't disappointed so far. It's really cool. The pace is really, really good as well. Um, It seems somehow slower paced and yet lots of things happen in each episode so it's all very exciting I love the return of Deb as Dexter's conscience and she's even more intense than the real life Deb um, especially in this episode Um, it was incredible to watch I think I know where you think it's going Rima in terms of the direction with Harrison and I kind of agree especially after Harrison looked so worried um, when he was asking Dexter what did you see in me what did what did you see in me Um, so I think I agree with where that might be going Um, really enjoyed seeing Clancy Brown turn up at the end didn't know he was in it and he's always a real joy to watch can't wait to see what the rest of the season reveals and i'll be with you guys all the way bye oh lovely yay (laughs) so happy to know that you're a super fan uh like us Mm -hmm. and and we're happy to have you with us oh yeah always lovely to hear from you okay next voice message we have is from our good friend mark see what he what his thoughts are hey rima and paik mark here so i want to leave you some feedback on dexter new blood 
season, well, season nine, episode two. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, interesting. The first episode was a nice setup. Still no big intro for the second episode. I really did enjoy this episode for the fact that we get to see a little bit more of what was going on with Harrison. We find out exactly, well, not exactly what happened with him when, when Dexter left him with Hannah, find out what happened to Hannah. And we find a little bit more about Harrison himself. And apparently he's going to be staying with Dexter. So, uh, goes with my thoughts of, well, spoilers to anybody else that is listening. Skip ahead for another, you know, 20 seconds. Yeah, uh, I think Harrison is the new blood that Dexter is going to teach to kill. Well, he is his blood, so. (laughs) But, yeah, I I really uh, found it interesting, uh, the fact that his girlfriend's daughter is not really... Her daughter, she adopted her. So that's pretty cool. Um, We got Clancy Brown coming in as the father of uh, the guy that Dexter killed from the first episode, which makes sense. And perfect perfect casting for uh, Clancy Brown, that is. And, uh, yeah, I'm just enjoying the show as it comes. I'm hoping they uh, right all the wrongs that they did for season eight as its finale, you know, honestly killing off his sister was the worst thing that they could do, but you know, at least we have uh, Jennifer Carpenter back as his sister and they, uh, she's starting to make pretty much the same remarks as she would do in the series originally to towards Dexter. Unlike Harry himself, it would be really cool if they did get Harry back, but, I'm not sure if they're going to get James Rumar back. But regardless, I I really did enjoy the episode. So uh, I look forward to what you guys have to say about the episode itself. I'm sure you're going to guys go thoroughly into what they talk, you know, what happened within the episode. Uh, One cool note. Harrison apparently is an artist. So he must have adopted or adapted something from his gene pool from Dexter to be a cool artist. Now I'm curious of what's going to be in those particular art books that he has of what he's drawn. Cause it looked like people. So talk to you guys later. Excellent observations, Mark. Yeah. Very interesting. I don't know. We will see. But what you said there, I'm, I'm keeping things to myself for now. So. <laughs> Thanks so much for, taking the time and sending that in. Um, We also have another voice message this week from Sean. Yay. Decided to let us know what he thinks. What's up, Strange Indeed? Uh, So Sean here, and I just finished episode two of Dexter New Blood. And uh, it's, I feel like this, it exposed some stuff, but didn't expose a lot of things. Uh, Good episode, obviously. Uh, uh, the you know, this really is your kind of your Harrison Dexter setup episode, and you know the the part that I feel like kind of 
really hit the feels a little bit was, you know, Dexter did this whole thing about, uh, you know, wanting to leave Harrison, you know, because he thought it'd be the best thing for him. And what we find out, you know, Dexter, I'm guessing he's probably like 15 or 16 at this point. I think, I don't remember what the age was that, they, that you guys talked about last time, but, you know, uh, his stepmom dies when he's, you know, 12 or 13. And he ends up going through kind of a foster care system after getting moved back from, you know, growing up in Argentina and then coming back to the States and kind of going through all that stuff. And even this episode, it sounds like he's had some challenges with, uh, you know, addiction, maybe. I don't think it was one of those, like, I'm doing something to be cool, because it kind of seems like he's he's got some experience with some stuff. Um, You know, you look at his drawings. uh, I want to go back and kind of freeze frame those a little bit, because those seem kind of weird and like you know something there and uh you know when when he's reading his letter back to dexter he's kind of talking about how like dexter was needing to be you know informed if you know he had some dark tendencies and things like that so uh lots of uh lots of intriguing things going on there um some things i noted that were kind of interesting to dexter when he's talking about trying to get back into his routine opens up his calendar and flips through it just like he did his uh his little um slides he had of his blood's you know his victim's blood uh so i thought that was kind of interesting and you know the the one thing that you know it's a couple different things so we got the the oil baron guy who you know is kind of helping out here and you know we're we're starting to get hints of that there's some you know we had some hints of some missing girls previously and now we're getting some hints in this episode where it looks like you know, we're starting to see the serial killer start to, to come f- to fruition. And, you know, he's got the girl locked in a room, looks like a hotel, kind of spoiling her and with, you know, some champagne, which I'm guessing was probably spiked or had something in it in the, or in the, the co- chocolate covered cherries or chocolate covered strawberries. And so, you know, we're, we're seeing the face of it. It kind of looks like um, uh, Dexter's victim's dad, the Caldwell's, I believe it is. It kind of looks like that might be who it was. Um, at first, when I was seeing a lot of that, I thought maybe it was our oil baron, which, you know, I, I kind of hope they avoid this cliche kind of, you know, like, I hope that's the red herring. Like, I hope it's not either one of those two, uh, just because I feel like that's just a little too cliche. It's like, you know, hey, this guy's been running this town for so long. and But, I mean, it might kind of track because, you know, there's been missing girls and stuff like that. So Caldwell, you know, could be our big bad in this, this season. But uh, overall, you know, the the other thing I'll end up on is that at the you know in the end of the first episode you know we saw Dexter taking away his victim cut him up and I I thought he was taking him to like the I must have missed this from the last episode I'm not sure but I thought he was taking him to like the big lake or something like that to drop him in there but it looks like he had buried him underneath uh, where everybody was so. I'd like to go back and try and figure out how that happened because that seems like a lot of work to get somebody buried in such short time. But uh, I, I don't know. It, you know, sometimes you gotta just have a little bit of disbelief to kind of make shows work. But um, again, it, just very much kind of getting like the mental anguish slash you know psychological disease that Dexter has. You know, I think a lot of times we talked about like his dark passengers more of just a manifestation of this urge he has. But in this we're really seeing with Deb and everything, very much kind of this more psychological uh disorder type of scenario coming through and it's you know uh it's 
it, again, like I just call, I talked about last week, this is very much horror movie, horror movie Dexter. And I think that's what we're getting here. You know, those scenes with her really just give me kind of the willies. Um, but, uh, man, so I'm, I'm really excited for episode three to come out. Um, you got a week, got to wait week to week. Right. Uh, and I guess, uh, I don't know if there's anything else I want to tidy up. Uh, loved you guys' episode last week. Thanks for including me. Um, sorry this is probably going too long because uh, it's just a great show. I just want to keep talking about it. But uh, look to hear from me next week, all right? Love you guys. Take care. We'll see you soon. Oh, thanks, Sean. Awesome. Missy, man. Always great to hear from you. Yeah, always great to hear from Sean. I know he's – we used to talk about it, you know, uh, often offline when we were podcasting and – you know how we always had that shared love of Dexter. So I had a feeling I'd be hearing from him, you know, when this came out. So it's, I'm, I'm yeah. so happy that you're, um, you know, a, a part of this, Sean. So yes, thank you. A lot of good thoughts too. I know a lot of, I'm going to have to go back or maybe they're going to explain why he was buried and not thrown in the lake. Why that choice? I, I don't know. Felt, felt like I was, very confused. Uh, last voice message we have is from our good friend Steve. So let's see what Steve thought about this week's episode. Hey, Pagan Rima, it's Steve, and I've just started watching episode two of Dexter New Blood. This uh, awkward uh, moment with Harrison and yeah. Dexter. Well, that means no Yvonne Strosky in this one. Pancreatic cancer is pretty, pretty much a killer see that Dexter has gotten sloppy allowing his pitch to be taken and put out there to be seen I kind of love the creative way they're putting the title of the episode in you know for eight seasons we just got basically the yellow letters across the bottom of the screen with the title uh, here this time it's in the mirror you know last time it was on the road it's great it looks like that calendar says 2021 but maybe they're just trying to hide the last digit from us uh, he just said the title of the episode mic drop Oh, that's pretty clever. He's using his own ATV to cover up the blood. Deb as the hallucination is so different than James Remar. I'm loving it. So either Hannah didn't keep up her murdering ways or she didn't tell Harrison about Dexter's, you know, night work. Okay, so I know on the surface, hotel room guy is probably the one who's with these missing girls. But, you know, it could be a misdirect, too. That was a great little conversation they had between, like, he... he told him about his dark tendencies without telling him he's a serial killer and but now I'm sure there's another shoe that's going to drop here right oh this is Matt's dad oh dang I just realized that's Clancy Brown dang what does that did he bury him under the fire pit I thought he was going to dump him in the lake oh now we gotta wait a week alright <laughs> uh, yes oh gosh great life steving as always um that was yeah, so absolutely. great it's it's funny it's like i f feel like it takes me back to watching the episode myself these same thoughts i'm having as i'm watching like wait what um that was great thank you so much steve yes it was so good <laughs> so great as always um thank you everyone so much for the feedback it's always great to hear from you guys i love it just I mean, I'm, I have a great time watching the show, talking about it with you, Pake, but man, it's just the icing on the cake getting to hear what our listeners think, too. All these super fans of the show, or even newcomers, right, to, that yeah. are newly introduced to Dexter, as one of our listeners mentioned that they'd never watched it until about a few months ago, just to kind of get to this 
new season. Um, this is awesome. I love sharing all of this with you guys. So thank you so much for being a part of it. Um, Absolutely. Makes me happy. Okay, so next week, we'll be covering the third episode of Dexter New Blood, which is titled Smoke Signals. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> no descriptions. I'm not speculation. Speculation. Yeah, all kinds oh. of speculation that you can that you can look into that. Um, and of course, that comes out later this week. We have to wait for that one. Um, this episode will definitely be available prior to that, so you'll get a good listen, get your thoughts, and then be ready for the next one um, when the episode releases on Sunday. Um, I can't wait. I'm I'm having such a great time uh, yes. with this great cast. Um, lots of nostalgia for sure. So, all right. Well, we're excited that you followed us to the Kill Room. Uh, we ask that you also follow us on Twitter at Strange Cast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Pake and Daphne on their podcast called Run For Your Lives. Now, I know when we just recorded Lock and Key yesterday that you did some teasing, but for anyone who may not be listening to Lock and Key, and I'm sorry, please don't tell me that you're not listening to Lock and Key. But if you didn't (laughs) listen to Lock and Key and get to hear um, Pake teasing what's coming up on Run For Your Lives, would you like to share that um, with our listeners now? Yeah, of course. Uh, This week on Run For Your Lives, we are covering a little kind of cult indie slasher movie called Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. It's not very well known, so I don't know. (laughs) Good luck trying to find it if you want to watch it. I'm not sure if it's out there. I'm sure you might be able to rent it or find it on Amazon or something. I'm not 100% on that. Yeah. But if you find a way to watch it, definitely check it out. Uh, Not even for the podcast, but just in general, because I think it's... It's great. It's like a mockumentary kind of like not really parody or satire because, you know, it it is kind of mockumentary style, but it's got a lot of jokes, but it can be taken very seriously as well. It's like Mm -hmm. a love letter to the slasher genre. Right. I feel like if you're like if you grew up or just love the slasher films of mm -hmm. days of old, then you'd probably enjoy that, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's got so many great nods. I mean, and like the cast, even like Kane Hodder's in it for a little bit, and it's got Robert England mm. and uh, Zelda Rubenstein. It was her last movie she did before she passed, and so it's got She's a great so cast. Great. So it's it's a lot of fun. I really love it. So I, it was cool to get to to watch that again and and check it out. It's got Scott Wilson. Uh, I remember after he unfortunately passed, I was I was sad. So. Uh, that was my, my that week after Scott Wilson passed away. That was my like kind of celebration of life for him. Was I sat down, watched Behind the Mask, and had Aww. Spaghetti Tuesday on a Wednesday. It was great. Oh so. yeah, Scott Wilson, R.I.P. Yeah, that's great. Good choice. Good choice. I bet you guys had a lot of fun with that one. Yeah, it was great. And that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Kate. And Sarah Saltzman is strange indeed.